This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. As the Cardinals pulled it to a one-score game, how do you help the team guard against feeling like, oh no, here we go again, so you can finish out with the victory? Yeah, attention to detail, right? Attention to detail in your job and, and believing in yourself and believing in the guy next to you and just take it one play at a time. And that's big-time coach speak, but that's what gets it done. And uh, you start looking up at the scoreboard and having all these different stuff. No, go back to one play, believe in yourself, believe in the guy next to you, execute the details, and good things will happen. Boom, 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 Matt Eberflus, interim coach of the Bears. Santa baby, just slip a sable under the tree. That's who you heard talking, speaking coach speak, because that's what he does. Steve Rosenblum in. Merry Christmas to those who observe. Merry Festivus to those who are observing the Festivus. It bears Festivus, as I am calling it, because it was like, Bad winning is a bad team that might have done bad things to that first overall draft pick, and a a lot of bad stuff would have come out of that. They're fortunate Bill Belichick was as dumb as Matt Eberflus and won a game yesterday, so that took one team out of it. But these Arizona Cardinals, they could have used a victory yesterday for the Bears' number one draft choice they have from Carolina. That would have given them a fourth win, while the Panthers are still at two, and they... They almost, it was a the bittersweet Bears thing. I'm like, do you root for the Packers to be the Panthers? But you can't root for the Packers, but you can't have the Panthers win, especially when you're beating Arizona when you have when you shouldn't for the good of the franchise. So anyways, that's what we're doing on Bears. It's confusing because that's what happens at Hallis Hall. Welcome in on this Christmas morning, this football Christmas morning. We're going to the guest hotline presented by Circus Sports Illinois and welcoming into the show a man who will clear all of this up for us from the Sun-Times, Mark Potash. Happy Festivus to you, Mark Potash. Thanks, Steve. Uh, same to you. Merry Christmas to everybody. So what do you make of yesterday, Matt Eberflus? So, am I wrong? Do you get this feeling? Am I misinterpreting? Every time Matt Eberflus talks about his quarterback or his team and the progress it just seems like a desperate plea to keep his job. Or is there something I'm missing here? You interpret it differently, Mark. No, I just think uh, Matt Eberflus is a coach who's not going to throw anybody under the bus or acknowledge uh, any, too many uh, realities that aren't just absolutely stark like a lot of coaches. And I don't think he's really concerned about the job thing. I, you know, A lot of coaches see it differently than we do. Uh, they're often the last to know. I think Matt will be back next year, so I don't think that's an issue for him. But uh, I just don't think he sees it like he has to plug for his job or whatever. I don't see him in that desperate mode like 
like maybe Matt Nagy was in in his last two years when it was pretty clear that he had to express uh, the uh, the progress he was making. And and uh, not to get too far off track, but you know the big in the big picture, his boss is not us or the Bears fans. It's Ryan Poles and. Ryan Pulse set a standard very early. He asked, what's progress to you? He said, more wins, uh, which, you know, obviously is a very fluid type thing, but they've doubled their wins, so there's a lot of progress that they can point to to justify that. And, and I guess I, I point that out just to say that I don't think Matt, Matt Eberflus is, is just is that really concerned about having to, uh, you know, st- uh, uh, kind of a, a pitch for his job or, or that. I just think that's, I just think he's being a coach, which, is what he is, and frankly, is one of the reasons why Bears fans are not that enamored with him because he's just too much of a, you know, brand X NFL coach. Why do you think Matt Eberflus is coming back when there's so much chatter that he isn't? Because uh, the chatter is coming from outside and not inside, and 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 Ryan Poles is the guy who hired him, um, and uh, and uh, that's his guy, and I think it's a lot tougher to to fire your guy in the second year because it reflects on you. I'm not saying it can't happen. Certainly, hey, who knows? Wheels come off in the last couple of games. You lose to the Packers. Uh, things can change. But the way it stands right now, I think when you – I said this before, and I, and I believe it because I've seen it happen so many times. When it's your guy, you look for reasons to keep him. When it's somebody else's guy, like like, like I say, with like Phil Emery and Lovey Smith, you look for reasons to not keep him. That's why Lovey Smith was fired after a 10-6 and six season. That's why I think Matt Eberflus will stay after a 7-10, and 8-9 season. Also important to note, I think I think this gets ignored a lot. This is his second season. This is not like Matt Nagy in his third season uh, where he had faltered and was not heading on the way down. This is a team that, frankly, is on the way up. I mean, by almost any estimation, when you look at what they've done and what they have in the future, they have a number one, number one or number two overall pick, another top ten pick. Uh, so I just I just feel like in, in a lot of ways you can argue this is actually Matt Eberflus's first year because. He is because uh, there was a teardown last year, and they they had very little chance to win. So I'm just looking at it from the Bears' perspective, and you could argue that this is his first year versus the Nagy was a third or fourth year. That's a big difference for a GM when he looks at it. So to answer your question, it's it's based on the way what Brian Pohl's looking at it, and not the way everyone else is. Because frankly, Bears fans would have fired Matt Eberflus at two and six. Yes. Right. I would have yeah. popped for the Uber. Mark Potash is my guest. He covers the Bears for the Sun Times. Steve Rosenblum with you on this football Christmas morning on the score. I I could think of important reasons that recommend his firing, starting with the fact that I don't think he knows how to hire assistant coaches. For all the talk about details, he got some he failed to get certain details on two coaches that HR ran out of the building, and this offensive coordinator does not look like a guy who knows how to coach the player in front of him or the game in front of them. So how would you evaluate Matt Eberflus in those terms? I just don't think they're going to see I just don't think they're going to see those as fireable offenses. Uh, don't know a lot of the details on either of, you know, either Alan Williams resignation or David Walker's firing. Um, but I just don't see those as being the kind of things that in the eyes of management, will reflect upon, uh, they will consider that, you know, a fireable offense as far as in terms of Matt Eberflus's judgment. I think the bigger thing might will be, if you're going to look at something, it's actually the hiring of Luke Getze, uh, you know, uh, whose offense is just, you know, stagnant and, uh, and just, you know, not showing any, uh, any, you know, any, not any, but not showing enough growth 
with development of the quarterback and development of the offense uh, that I, I think if there's anything you're going to say, you know, what anything that reflects upon Matt Eberflus's decision making is that he is that he hired Luke Getze, and now if there's going to be any move made, it's going to be a change in offensive coordinator heading into 2024. If you think Matt Eberflus is coming back, do you think Justin Fields is coming back? And why? Well, that I don't know. That's that. There's a, there are many more. There's a, a many more things in, in place there. Uh, I guess wheels in motion. I guess on that because of the, of the the number one pick and the decisions you have, the alternatives you have. Um, uh, you can you have an option. Uh, and again, you know they 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 see things differently there. Sometimes it's just because they're Hallis Hall, and sometimes it's just because they're management. Uh, and so they 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 might have a belief in Justin Fields that other people do not have, and some people do have. And if they you know they're going to have an option, they could have Justin Fields with uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. Or you could have Caleb Williams with, you know, uh, another offensive lineman or another receiver or whatever at number eight or nine or ten. Those are two options, and I, 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 I'm gonna, I'm gonna be honest with you. I really don't know what they're gonna decide. I don't know what the best move is. Marvin Harrison Jr. is supposed to be the kind of wide receiver, generational guy who can make an offensive coordinator out of a Luke Getzey or make a quarterback out of Justin Fields <laughs> and make a head coach out of out, out of. Uh, out of Matt Eberflus, it's happened before. Randy Moss has done that. Other receivers have done that. Um, uh, you know, Randy Moss got Brian Billick a job and and uh, a head coaching job. So, um, so, so anyway, so it's I, I don't know. I'm not sure. You know, I, I I always say my my concern is that with the Bears that there's no right answer. And right now it looks like you can also argue there might be no wrong answer because the Bears are in a much better shape heading into next year either with Fields with a guy like Marvin Harrison Jr., if he's everything they say he's going to be, or with a, a new quarterback and a new, um, and a new offensive coordinator with a defense that really is improving and really has, uh, has bite, has, uh, is strong at all three levels, and is certainly worthy of being uh, compared to the same growth they had in 16, 17, 18 uh, uh, under Vic Fangio. So that's a big factor, that defense, because that defense also makes – can make a head coach better, an offensive coordinator better, and a quarterback better. So I guess what I'm saying is overall there are a lot more pieces in place that I think are more positive for the Bears heading into uh, 2024, regardless of what they do at head coach, offensive coordinator, or quarterback. I think if, you get, if there's any positive way of looking at it, I think that's a very real way of looking at it uh, as an arrow pointing up type of thing. Justin Fields isn't Ryan Poles' guy. And we talked about you. you, you made an excellent point about the – who's my guy, your guy, we're going to fire that guy. The idea of having a GM, a coach, an offensive coordinator, a quarterback, all new essentially, or not having somebody else. We've seen so many times under George McCaskey and Ted Phillips that somebody inherited, you brought up Phil Emery and Lovey Smith. Here, you got to keep Lovey. We're going to make you the GM and you got to keep the coach, which meant the coach had a, some kind of say in hiring his boss is like, it's crazy. But with the opportunity presented, I don't know if Kevin Warren looks at it this way. We're not quite sure the way Kevin Warren looks at it. How appealing do you think it might be to clean a lot of the house? You don't think the coach is going to go, but if the GM were to come in with an offensive mind as the coach and a new offensive coordinator or serve as the offensive coordinator and a new quarterback, have I can't remember the last time we saw that from Hallis Hall. Yeah, I think that's an interesting part of our, part of this whole issue, especially with the Bears' history and stuff. I think that changes a little bit with Kevin Warren. I think he's a little bit of a game changer as far as the difference between 
George McCaskey and, and Ted Phillips making the calls and having him. Uh, I think he can help get the house in order, uh, so to speak. But you're right. It's going to be a similar thing. Like, let's say what I think will happen will happen, and that Matt Eberflus uh, is going to hire a new offensive coordinator. Well, what kind of offense coordinator are you going to be able to get when the perception is that the head coach is going to be on the hot seat from the beginning of the year? That's always a difficult thing to do. So that's part of the quandary. And then starting over, let's say you keep fields. Now you got him in a third offense or you start over. Now you've got a rookie quarterback. So they're, you know, they've, they've got a lot of things they've got to get right. And I'm not going to try and pretend that I have the answers. Uh, I wouldn't be a sports writer if I did. And, and so I, I think it's, I think you really have to, you're putting a lot of faith in Ryan Poles, who's had hits and misses, probably more hits this year, as it turns out, the way things are working out, especially on that defense and, and some of the moves he's made, I think probably more hits than misses, but still even the best guys. I mean, look at, look at San Francisco. They're the best thing going now, the best coaching, the best team, the best balance, the best uh, uh, personnel uh, department. And yet they whiffed totally on Trey Lance at the number three pick. So even though, even if you think he's good, even if you do trust him, there's no guarantee he's going to make the right move. You know, but that's all part of it. And, and it, with it being the bears, that kind of certainly complicates matters for anybody who's followed the bears for more than like five years, you know, so you, it doesn't take long to learn, uh, you know, about how, how the dysfunction at that place uh, affects things. So uh, I really don't know. I, I don't know what the answer is. To, I don't know how they avoid that and how they start completely over. I guess they could, but I just don't see that as uh, a clean sweep as being as being uh, their solution. The only th- the, the reason you draft a quarterback every year is because you don't know what one looks like. The only way you know what a quarterback looks like is when you know he's not the guy. I'm convinced Justin Fields is not the guy, and and I think there's so many misses at that position. You just keep drafting them in hopes that you hit on one. However, you're going to come about it and. You know, Mr. Irrelevant gets to the Super Bowl, and like you said, Trey Lance, the guy they traded up for, they Mitch Trubisky'd their way, but they had somebody who could who could understand and run the offense and do what Kyle Shanahan wanted. And Patrick Manley had proposed the idea of why not keep Justin Fields and draft a quarterback and let them compete. What would you think about a situation like that? Wow, um, that would be uh, really interesting. Certainly, respect. Uh, Pat's uh, viewpoint, uh, but I'm not sure. I'm not, you know, based on what we've seen at uh, Hell's Hall with kind of quarterback competitions, um, you know, <laughs> not good, not good. Now again, I also I admit it's a new world with Kevin Warren. Maybe things are different or whatever. But uh, the, the Bears just don't have a good history with that, and also they have too many other, a lot of other things to fix. So bringing in a quarterback who could actually compete that takes up some draft capital or free agency capital, I guess. Uh, that you could probably be better off spend elsewhere. I, I think the better solution, or I think the solution, not better. I think the I think the solution will be is try some no matter who it is, they're going to just try and, and 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 build a support system around the quarterback that can allow him to succeed instead of trying to find this magic potion it factor guy, uh, which you could have. I guess Caleb Williams supposedly is, could be that, but I think they're better off this you know getting like a Marvin Harrison Jr. with what they have continuing to build the offensive line, uh, continuing to build that defense, and giving a quarterback uh, the best chance to succeed. Because you look at Brock Purdy, he's, the, he's what, is he the leading MVP candidate in the league right now? You look at him when they didn't have Debo Samuel, Samuels or Trent, uh, or Trent Williams and, and Christian McCaffrey uh, banged up in weeks, what, six, seven, eight, whatever it was. He was a pretty average to below average quarterback. So all teams, even the great 49ers are the hottest thing going. 
even they have their own issues at quarterback when things aren't everything isn't in place. And and so I think I think the Bears' best tack is to try and get everything in place and become a regular football team that uh, NFL football team that that gives its quarterback a, a chance to win. And then 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 you have more miss room. Then you don't have to get that it factor guy, and you can uh, have a guy, uh, and you can have more uh, a better chance for success. I just think that, based on what I've seen, that's that's all I can come up with as far as a solution to this. Because I think trusting the Bears to find their Joe Burrow, or their Tom Brady, or whatever, um, is just really, really uh, taking a big chance. I think it's 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 a tough that's a tough ask. Well, the the. The Patriots didn't know, seemingly didn't know what they were doing either. They just took that guy, the skinny guy, in the sixth round, and look what happened. So I, I just think it's it's the worst evaluated position in the NFL. Guys don't know what they're looking at. And you oh, only, I agree. With, you, all, with all due respect to respected uh, NFL people, I, I think you're <laughs> absolutely right. No, I'm, I'm not. I'm not trying to denigrate the people doing it. It's a tough job, and I think it is a difficult job. That is by far the most difficult. You look at the history. I look back at like I think it was the top three picks in the last ten years. There's 15 guys. There's like one. Joe Burrow is the only guy who was an absolute hit. This is of all the guys drafted one, two, or three, and after that you got some guys like you know C.J. Stroud and, and Trevor Lawrence. And players like that, but if you look at it, the hit miss ratio on top three picks in the draft over the last ten years, actually over the last twenty or thirty years, is very low. The hit ratio is very low for guys who are really good at this, who really know their stuff. So I agree a hundred percent that quarterback drafting a quarterback because there are so many different factors that make a quarterback successful. Every single quarterback, uh, with very rare exceptions, maybe you know Brady, Rodgers, those guys. They are told, they are dependent more than you think on everything around them, and I think I think the Brock Purdy example to me is a really good one because, like I said, he's the MVP of the league right now. But you look at what he was when he didn't have his total support system, very average, and and I and I think that really speaks. Now that's the guy who was drafted last in in the draft, but even for guys like Joe Burrow uh, and, and some of those some of the really good quarterbacks, you take away a weapon here, there, you take away some of that support system, and they're not the, the quarterback that that uh, that you think. So. I agree 100%. The quarterback is very difficult, and that makes it tough, and that's why this is just going to be such a huge thing. But look at what they're doing. At least they have the number one pick. They have a shot, or number one or number two pick. We'll see what happens. So at least they have a shot. Relative to the Bears fans, I'm I'm only half kidding here, Steve. Relative to the Bears' uh, history, this is actually a pretty good situation for them to be in. I'm speaking from experience. <laughs> yes, it is. And and I guess the cynic of me would say, I can't wait to see how creatively they screwed this one up. But let me ask you something, because it popped up yesterday in Diana Rossini's piece in The Athletic about what she's hearing, that the Steelers would be interested in trading Mike Tomlin, perhaps, and she named the Carolina Panthers, the Washington Commanders, and the Bears. Would you trade? I offered this earlier. Would you trade Justin Fields for Mike Tomlin? Or do you not no, want, or do you no, not want Ryan no, Poles? I wouldn't do that. No, no, I don't think, I don't think there's a uh, there's a you you know there's a sure you're there's not enough of a sure chance it's not a, it's not a sure thing that Mike Tomlin is gonna you know turn the Bears into a winner I just think it's too much uh, I think right now it's just it, it's too much based on uh, personnel and then and then you need a guy like Mike Tomlin to put you over the top I guess I guess you could think that but I don't see that happening and uh, and I'm not sure if that's even uh, um, you know that's even like a good option or whatever I think uh, yeah I feels has Definitely, you know, has value, but yeah, I, I guess I, I really, I'll, I'll admit, I have not really thought about it. But I just don't see a guy, a coach, 
um, who has struggled without uh, the one quarterback he had who made him a winner. Um, I, I don't I don't see that as being an answer for a team like the Bears. Let's put it that way. Okay. All right. Appreciate it. I appreciate your time. Thanks for spending part of Christmas Day with me. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, Steve. I appreciate it. Have a great day. You too. Mark Potash of the Sun-Times talking Bears football. Uh, get back to more of your texts, especially the idea of trading Justin Fields for Mike Tomlin and some other parts of value, evaluating quarterback. And whence you're listening, from where you're listening. 920, I'm listening from Fond du Lac, Wisconsin. What happened to the Lincoln-Riley to Bears rumors? I don't know that I heard them. I don't want to hear them. A15, you have no idea what good football players are. You are a complete idiot. I'm sorry. You need to reserve that tweet for Saturday when Saturday suckage is on. But I appreciate your emotion. Thank you for joining me on this Football Monday. I'm Steve Rosenblum. 312-644-6767. Back with your phone calls and reading some of your texts. And more examples of Bears coaching genius. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. On the first extended play, deep shot to cold. What, the, what gives you the belief to just give him the opportunity to make play against a small guy there? Um, one-on-one matchup. DB was just panicking back there. He wasn't even looking back at me, so I just threw it up, gave Cole a shot, and, you know, he came down with it. Um, you know, Cole does a great job with, you know, extended plays and stuff like that. Y'all saw that last week on the touchdown against the Browns, but, um, you know, I fully trust Cole. Cole's a great player. Um, and, I mean, yeah, it was a pretty easy decision with me just down there, him one-on-one, um, and throwing it up, and he made a play. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas everywhere you go. Well, it is Christmas. It doesn't look much like it, though. Other than me and my score Speedo, it's warm enough that we can wear our Christmas Speedos. Sorry, Football Chicago, you can't unsee that. I'm Steve Rosenblum, talking Bears football here. Bears beat the Cardinals. Should have lost just to make sure they can cover that. 
And sure, the Panthers getting the number one pick, and then what they do with it, oh boy, I don't know. Caleb Williams, in case you missed it earlier, we're connecting some Twitter dots here. A Chicago fan with the Twitter account SPennyShom22 tweeted out, we love our Justin Fields. We don't need Caleb Williams. We need Marvin Harrison Jr. And that tweet was liked by Caleb Williams. Doesn't sound like he wants to come here. Maybe it's the weather. Maybe he's a whole Jared Goff thing. Oh, it's cold. I don't want to do that. Well, he may not have many options because, I mean, if it's not Chicago, it'll probably be New England. If he declares for the draft. New England won yesterday, so. They'll still be, I think, number three behind Arizona on the draft. Yeah. So, anyways, that's... And then I was asking Football Chicago, would you trade Justin Fields for Mike Tomlin? Because there was chatter that the Steelers would trade him. And Mark Potash from the Sun-Times moments ago said, he basically made the point, what's he done without Big Ben? He didn't have the quarterback. And then when you get the quarterback, it works. And look, everybody gets a quarterback wrong. The reason you draft a quarterback at least one every year is because you don't know squat about quarterbacks. The only thing most NFL people know about quarterbacks is when they don't have one. A familiar feeling at Hallis Hall, no matter how many fairy tales they want to tell each other. 312-644-6767 is the number. 312 Texter, Steve, I've listened to you forever. I'm a fan. And during that time, you have hated every Bears coach. You'll hate Tomlin, too. I don't know. I hate guys who suck. I like some of the things. Wani said all the pieces were in place. They beat Dallas. Look, all the pieces were in place. Then they were in place, and all the pieces were in pieces. And then Wani tied his future to Rick Meyer. Oops. 785 texture, the best offensive mind that will tailor Justin Fields' off-script abilities and the offense should be priority number one as head coach Eric Bieniemy. Merry Christmas from T-Town, Kansas. I guess that's Topeka. Would that be Topeka? Right? Eric Bieniemy. Boy, that would be a thing. See, that's the guy. That's what I was talking about. If the Mark Potash didn't think the Bears are going to dump Eberflus, but whatever, whether you keep Justin Fields or you select a quarterback with a number one pick, you need, you really need that head coach's offensive coordinator. The guy who's, that's how you start a quarterback incubator. I think Brian Pohl saw that in Kansas City, you would hope. Andy Reid is kind of singular. But Eric Bieniemy was there, right? Ryan Poles, Eric Bieniemy. There's a connection there. What does Ryan Poles think of Eric Bieniemy? Don't know. I had a question for you, really quickly. Uh, what specific coach would you try to go after, Rosie, if the Bears get their next franchise quarterback in the NFL draft? Bill Walsh. So I want. He's a That'd quarterback guru. That'd be great. Yeah. Well, in reality. I love the idea of Eric Bieniemy because you're trying to mirror every time they talk about a quarterback incubator they're really they're they're talking about what Philadelphia did, what Kansas City did. 
that kind of situation. And there are strong connections there. And what happened with Andy Reid knows what he knows, what he's looking at, what to do with quarterbacks. I mean, he's even made, he even got Matt Nagy a job. And that, that kind of quarterback situation, Ryan Pohl saw that. Here's how it goes. Here it, he should have the blueprint. He should know what Eric Bieniemy can do. He should know what Eric Bieniemy. The important thing about Ryan Poles is he should know where Andy Reid stops, and the offensive coordinator du jour starts or started. So he probably has a really good idea of what Eric Bieniemy can do in raising a quarterback. As far as overseeing a team, a full squad, I don't know. That's why I brought up the idea. Would you, would you trade Justin Fields for Mike Tomlin if the Diana Rossini report is true in The Athletic? You know, we'll have uh, John Greenberg from The Athletic on at the top of the hour. Talk to him about that. He's a yinzer. He's a, he knows all this yinzer stuff. Mike Tomlin, is he overrated? Are they sick of him there? Would you want him as a Bears coach? John Greenberg of The Athletic will be here to answer those questions, whether he knows it or not, whether he wants to or not. 312-644-6767. Big Mac, the South Side. Welcome to the score. Merry Christmas yeah, to you. thank you. You're welcome. How are you? Hey, I'm just having an enjoying Christmas there. But anyway, uh, the reporters seem to don't understand that, as I said, Quarterbacks don't win no games by themselves. Tom Brady won because he had pass protection, not because he was Tom Brady. Would you agree with that? No, he was Tom Brady. He was accurate as hell. Justin Fields is inaccurate as hell. So let's start with that. Well, why is he? Well, why is he so inaccurate, though, brother? If I don't know, but he hasn't improved it. Nobody knows he hasn't improved it. Listen, listen, sir. Before Field get the ball from the from the center, the defense is all over him. So why is he so inaccurate? Because he don't have the protection that he needs. But nobody seems to understand that. Yeah, you people know, people have talked about that, and people have they've always talked about the offensive line, and it begins to sound a lot like Cutler all along the line. You're Everybody wants to see what they see in a quarterback. He's a ball security nightmare. He is inaccurate. He is a he is a terror to his own team in the fourth quarter. So, you, so you saying what all the other reporters saying? Field supposed to t- take a, a no protection line and win with them. That's what everybody's saying. Offensive line has gotten better. He's had protection. He has yet to get. He has yet to improve on his accuracy. And that you cannot. If you, you ain't can't, got no protection. What? How can you improve on your accuracy if 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 you ain't got no protection in front of you, sir? He doesn't you have no protection. He a, has a pass, some a, a pocket pass, or when you ain't got no pocket protection, that is stupid. But thank you for so much. All right. Merry Christmas to you. Have a happy holiday. 312-644-6767 is the number. Three now, 309, Fields turns simple open routes into a fire drill because he can't make a quick decision to throw. 
Every drop back is chaos. George the dog. Merry Christmas to you. Here you go. 630 texture. The Chicago Bears would have made the playoffs if the coaches were trying to win. Montgomery and Smith were traded because they were hunting draft picks, not wins. A15. Mike Tomlin is a is currently coaching a broken offense. So how is he going to fix the Bears offense? <clears throat> it's a really good question. Somebody's got to fix the Bears offense. 480 texture texting from Grand Haven, Michigan. Yes. Trade fields for Tomlin. Okay. All right. I'm just threw it out there. Let's take a break. And when we come back, uh, the the scores postgame show, Olin Krutz, Patrick Manley, Mike Mulligan, they were dealing with the issue of Justin Fields. I think you saw, you know, when, when you keep asking the same questions about Justin Fields, don't you already have your answers? When you keep asking the questions of when's he going to be more accurate? When is he going to be able to be reliable with the ball? When is he? When are you going to trust him in the fourth quarter? If you keep asking that, don't you have your answers? Well, the guys took up that issue. Take a break. We come back with their thoughts. Steve Rosenblum, Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays. It's Football Monday, Chicago. We are Chicago Sports Radio, 670. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love. Hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Score. Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas. Welcome in, welcome back. This football Christmas Monday, 269 Texter. We're listening to you this morning from Sandusky, Ohio, on the Ohio Turnpike. And my guest at 10 o'clock, his heart skipped a beat. John Greenberg, the Yinzer. We'll talk to him about Justin Fields, and we'll talk to him about Mike Tomlin. 847 texter, forget Tomlin. Can we trade the McCaskies for the Roonies? There you go. The postgame show is dealing with Justin Fields. Our postgame show on the score, Olin Krutz, Patrick Manley, Mike Mulligan, dealing with Justin Fields' performance yesterday. And guys, we'll start with Chris. He's in Evanston, and I don't believe he's a Justin Fields fan. Hey, Chris. Hey, Merry Christmas, guys. Uh, <laughs> what can I say? I mean, for me... We, we say we didn't get the answer. I think this, this has got to be the nail in the coffin. You're working against the second-to-last-ranked defense in the NFL. As good as people are going to say, all the Justin Fields fans are going to say how good he looked. 
Look at his numbers. Look at the team's numbers. I mean, we were gifted another win. I'm not saying that necessarily we would have lost, but come on, another harebrained coach. I'm going to go ahead and go for it on fourth down with three timeouts in the fourth quarter in a one-possession game. I mean, these guys are geniuses. But beside that, the big issue is the quarterback. <laughs> the big issue for three years has been the quarterback. The first pass was behind. Go look at the tape. It should have got picked off. The pass that got picked off was a horrible throw. He had a couple more horrible throws that should have got picked off. The fans are going to talk about how great he looks running, or if they just roll him, or if they just, we need a quarterback, not a running back. I don't know what we're auditioning him for. I don't see him getting any better. Bench him so we don't diminish his trade value. That call from Chris does not surprise me at all. No, <laughs> everyone is is consistent, and it's true. I mean, it's but there's going to be people like you said that are like, well, well, his legs, and if you don't have Getsy and whatever. But again, Molly, you said it. That just kind of summed him up the whole game. Uh, you know, wowed us with his legs, had some good passes, and then just a terrible fourth quarter interception that led him back in the game. And fortunately, they were able to close it out. But um, it'll be interesting to see as the season ends up, like. Do people start leaning one way or the other more? You know what I mean. Once once we start finding out about Caleb Williams and Drake May, and you know they got to kind of go through the draft process of who do you really want? Yeah, Chris makes good points. When you, when you watch that game, it, it just seemed like and, and uh, Mark Sanchez, I thought, did a great job through the telecast pointing things out when he thought uh, Justin Fields was a little bit late on his throws and why wasn't the ball out yet and uh, going over all that stuff. And like he said, that first pass of the game. Uh, was I think it was behind E.J. Moore on an out route, and, and that cornerback was right there and, and had a chance to pick it off. So uh, this there is a lot. We, we talked about going to this game with this secondary, with this defense. Can he throw for 300 yards for the second time in his second? I think it was the second or third time in his career, but uh, he doesn't get there, right? So uh, it's just the, the same questions remain, and that's why I said uh, sarcastically coming in, all our questions were answered, right? That uh, None of them were answered. <laughs> Uh, watching this game, right? It was, it was kind of, the, it's kind of what, exactly what you expected, and that's why uh, Pat, uh, me, you, and Mully, uh, our scores reflected exactly almost what the score was, mm-hmm. right? It was yep. right around the same area of, of what this, what, what you think this team is. Uh, you knew they were better than the Cardinals going into the game. Uh, you were hoping for more dominance from the past game, more answers. You just came out with almost the exact same questions, kind of thinking. Uh, uh, Denny Green said it years ago, the exact way it should be said today. They are who they we thought they were. You know, it's funny, guys. I'm listening, to the, or listening. I'm reading the text screen, and they're all coming in firing at Chris. So the, the pro Justin Fields guys are out there. Called him, uh, Chris is a bozo. Who cares how the yards and scores come? Six points is six points. Okay, I get mm-hmm. it. But and also you have to look at the, the body of work, and can you win with that in this NFL? And it, I, I just, I don't know. I, I, I'm, it's just funny that, you know, you got some people that just, they're screaming at each right. other. Right. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Well, you can you can win against the Cardinals. That's yeah, that's what. Yeah, exactly. Right. right. Well, what right. did Vince say from the Cardinals uh, uh, that Kyler Murray is uh, divisive? Right. Same yep. same thing. Right. And right. it's just like there's arguments on both sides to be made, and and I just like we just talked about with Cole Komet and DJ Moore beat up. Right. Um, you 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 start to say, okay, who's he throwing to? Right. What guy is he throwing exactly. to here? Why is Getsy calling that play on third and one? All those things instead of giving him chance to run a zone read and just make a play and, and, and do the things he's good at and let that lead to, to playing in the pocket and things like that. But uh, like you guys said, man, I, I just I leave the game 
with the same questions and, and realizing that when we looked at the rosters of the two teams, realizing you thought the Bears were a better team, which means that that is improvement from last year. Yeah, they. I, I don't know who else made the prop bet, but I had Mercedes Lewis for the touchdown catch. <laughs> awesome. How about this, guys? The, the, the Tribune did a great job of ranking um, yes. Justin Fields' starts. Yeah, I wonderful. thought going into this game that you were going to add the 36 start right up there in the top five. Where would you guys put this in his 36 starts? I'd put it right in the middle. What they said, good, a very good, good, meh was the word they used or whatever, and that's yeah. kind of what I just thought he, he did. He was wowed me with his legs, but overall it just kind of was a middle-of-the-pack game that you know, I just wanted to see a little I – I guess I want to see more with his arm. And Olin, I, I understand what you're saying – uh, who he's throwing to, but also those guys were draft picks that he's throwing to of the Bears. He's going against a bunch of undrafted guys that are yes. hadn't played that much football in Arizona. Right. Um, uh, you know, that's just an argument that, you can that, have both ways. I so. mean, the, the, was it a fifty-yard pass to Cole Komet? Yeah, where uh, basically the defensive back—I don't know what he was doing—and Komet came back on the ball. I mean, that that was hope and a prayer that pass, and it, God bless him, he caught it. Give you yeah, give your playmaker you know, a chance. The front seven, the cornerbacks. I mean, you know, on his long run right before the interception, what was the cornerback doing? He jumped out of the way. Uh, <laughs> yeah, what was that? Continue <laughs> on his run. I didn't know what that was, but uh, it was interesting <laughs> to watch uh, Gannon's plan and, and the defense coordinator's plan versus Getsy and the Bears because I thought we talked about in pregame that they would stack the line and blitz Justin right. Fields to take the run away, and it was actually the opposite. They played a light box. And they played zone all day, maybe to protect their secondary because they knew they had a lot of injuries. And like Pat mentioned, a lot of undrafted guys in the secondary. But also, maybe it's because they they, they think Getsy's not going to be patient. That he has to take his shots, right? And that eventually that will lead into Getsy taking a shot and Justin Fields making a mistake. Because uh, I think that was first down when he threw that interception. And they're playing coverage down there, giving up six yards of carry. They're playing coverage and just leaving the light box with a defensive line that uh, if I gave you guys uh, five guesses, you couldn't name. Right. right. That's a good observation. Yeah, I, I, and I think to support that, Olin, I believe the coach during his news conference on Monday, right, so that's early in the week, mm. he talked about we have to take our shots. We've got to take our shots. In other words, he clearly had that conversation with Getze. So if you were just monitoring how they were talking about the game – it seemingly would include the idea that they, they wanted to get down the field and they were going to take some shots down the field. Yeah, they definitely were. They were, they were, they were going to take shots, and uh, early on he hits Cole Komet, a kind of a broken play, right? And then yep. he hit Cole Komet on another play where it was like uh, one of those throwbacks on – he runs an over route and he comes back to a corner route on, on a boot, on a play-action type pass. But there are a lot of the times in the game where – it looked like they were trying to take a shot, and the Cardinals were just playing coverage. Yeah. Uh, they just dropped it to cover four, it looked like, played a deep zone on them, and we're going to give them the run all day, which I felt I, I, I thought was interesting watching the game, and someone's going to have to do the math for me on Gannon going for two there. I still haven't figured that out. Yeah, and that my math was is crazy. Terrible, but yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's and, just and crazy. And, you know, I but, thought for a second, if Kyler Murray wanted to run, it looked like there might be a lane open. I'm not saying he'd have made it, but he's a very talented runner, and then he just started drifting, and you're like, well, what the hell is that? That's crazy. Yeah, and also just yeah. go back to your point about taking your shots. As a play caller or a coach, don't you get the feel of the game and understand, hey, man, 
I wanted to do that this week, but that's not what they're playing. That's not what they're giving us. Let's just stick with what we have. We keep dominating and just end this game. That That's what's been frustrating to me right. about some of the play calls and situational calls of why he's doing that. But that's guess that's who he is. He's showing who he is. He just can't help himself and has to stay aggressive. And maybe that's just his philosophy. But I'm a believer in, you know, once you see the flow of the game and the feel of the game and the, the adjustment of the defense or whatever they're running and you're, you're successful with something, stick with it until they make you stop it. Let's try Michael. I'm sorry, sorry go, go ahead, Owen. No, let's try Mike. No, I was going to say, I guess if, yeah. if something bugged me from the game the most was just, uh, and, and just from the year in general and Justin Fields in general, it just seems like uh, there's no layups, right? There's no, uh, you know, just a quick out route, five, six yards. Everything's a broken play, breaks down, uh, break three or four tackles, throw it up, big play. Yeah, as I mentioned before, they got to run that, uh, you know, uh, jump off side play. Just throw the <laughs> touchdown to DJ Moore. I don't know why they don't run that more often. Uh, but you're right. Every play, nothing in time, on time, everything's a broken play. Everything. Mm-hmm. And it can be frustrating. Let's try Michael. He's on the north side. Hi, Michael. Yes, yes. I want to make two things. First of all, that Chris guy, he's a hater. He's a hater, all right? If he wants to be a backer team, back the Packers over there or the Colts, all right? Now, my opinion is this. Uh, all they need is a receiver. They need Marvin Harrison. They need that guy. They need a big guy who will fight for the ball and win that 50-50 ball. They had too many drops, cost some games this year, and uh, all of a sudden they in this position where they should be 9-9-6 nine and nine and six instead of 6-9. and nine. That's who they need. That's exactly who they need. And a better offensive coordinator. The reason why they intercept the end zone, he shouldn't even throw the ball. Thanks, Michael. Yeah, I mean, I, see, I, I'm one. We went through the sin, uh, scenarios at the beginning uh, of the pregame, right? Yes. If you keep Justin, you just can't keep Getzy. That's that's my that's that's my hard line on that one. And if you want to go the other direction and you believe one of those quarterbacks in college is the answer, fine by me. But just make the right decision. That's but you just can't have Fields and Getzy together. They just don't they don't mix. Yeah, the, we talked about the hard decision, right, Pat? And, and um talked about, I think it was the morning, this, uh, uh, the hit in the morning, right, Molly on the Molly and Hall show, we talked about yep. maybe trying to give Janoko a shot. And they did that. The Eagles did that with Desai and Patricia we talked about, mm-hmm. right? Yes. And yes. it's just kind of like, and I don't know. I, you, you don't know if it's going to work. But this isn't working, right? right. This, this isn't working. This, we are not getting much answers about Justin Fields. And all we have left is, is, is most likely two games unless – the 3% chance comes alive, right? So <laughs> all I'm saying is, how do we take a look at something different, Pat? How do we take a look at, at does Janoko understand, is Justin Fields on the sideline saying, man, I wish he would have ran this. Mm-hmm. I wish we could do this. Does Janoko understand him a little better? And can, can we just take a look at that? And, and it's just, I go back to the, what we talked about to start the show, the pregame show. I go back to, you're saying you make the hard decisions. Now make them. Yep. And that is right, a hard Make one. the hard yep. decisions on the football side, too. Sure. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.